It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jeff Snyder, the mayor of Dodgertown, and today we're talking to you about the World Series matchup being set. We'll talk about Bob Melvin being on the move in the National League West. It's not official, but it's official, and who the Padres might replace him with. We'll talk about the potential retirement of Mad Dog Russo. What a sad development that could be. Let's get started. Let's get locked on Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching and listening right now. Then you can be an everydayer just like we are. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio. We're doing a split episode today, so I'll be with you for the first half. Vince will be with you for the second half. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. And for those of you listening on the podcast, uh, the intro, the cold open was a little bit different than usual. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, you understand why. Uh, I had my church Halloween party tonight and uh, I, I, you everydayers knew what I was going to be for Halloween because I told you about it months ago. Uh, I dressed up as Guy Fieri. And so uh, I had to change glasses during the, the intro song because I can't see with sunglasses on. Uh, so I don't look as much like Guy Fieri without the sunglasses on, but uh, I'm pretty happy with the, the way the costume turned out. Also want to shout out Vince. He's the MVP of this uh, partnership today. I was going to do a solo episode. I am sick as a dog today. I am barely going to get through my half of this episode. So I appreciate Vince. Vince was in Philadelphia uh, to watch game seven of the NLCS. And uh, he has a flight early in the morning, but he is going to get half of an episode done uh, to help me out because I need to go to bed and try to recover. So shout out to Vince. Shout out to all you. That's why my voice sounds a little bit different. This is not a Guy Fieri impression. This is just what I sound like when I'm sick. Uh, so, you know, a lot of stuff going on, like I said, Vince was at game seven. And so, uh, being at a stadium when, when a team season ends is a, a sad thing. I've done it. I, I can only think of twice. I know in 2015, I was there when the Mets game five of the NLDS, when the Mets, uh, beat the Dodgers, I will never forget Jury's Familia. Uh, very unathletically jumping up and down on the mound after getting the last out. And then I was there in 2017 when the cheaters beat the Dodgers. Uh, You know, it's not a fun thing. Philadelphia fans are passionate. Uh, I assume there was a lot of emotions there. I was happy for the D-backs watching them celebrate. You know, they're, they've got some likable guys. Other than the fact that they beat the Dodgers, they've got some likable players. Uh, They've got Tommy Pham too, but you know, even Tommy Pham, there's likable things about him. Uh, so, you know what, it's going to be the, the D backs and the Rangers. I think Vince will probably talk more about the in-person experience. Um, D backs Rangers is a, not exactly a ratings juggernaut, 
Uh, I'm here to say I don't care, uh, and I I don't think you should either. Uh, even Major League Baseball, like the fact is, uh, if every year, if the Raiders are bad every year, that might affect the next contract with Fox. But Fox is paying the same amount for this World Series, regardless of who's playing in it. And a lot of times you do get compelling matchups. And, you know, Dallas is a big, a big uh, TV market. Phoenix isn't bad. And so, you know, there, there, there will be ratings. It's not the national uh, ratings. You know, if you're not from Dallas or Phoenix and you're not just a diehard baseball fan who lives and dies with everything baseball, you might not watch a lot of this World Series. And that's okay. Uh, I don't think it really affects much of anything. Uh, but I'm excited that uh, it will be a new winner. Uh, they said on the Altcast tonight that this is the first time since 2016 that the World Ser- Series will not have the Dodgers or the Astros in it. And uh, that that's cool. Uh, that's, you know, obviously I wish the Dodgers were in it, but it is probably good for for something, for, for variety. Uh, there There will be plenty of talk about the you know the crapshoot nature of the playoffs and that's understandable too the the d-backs won 84 games in the regular season uh only the the 2006 cardinals with 83 wins have won the world series with fewer wins and the rangers only won 90 games and so whoever wins the world series will be the second team ever to win 13 postseason games in one postseason and uh first team 2020 dodgers that's why I have no patience for people who try to devalue the 2020 World Series because the Dodgers, as of right now, are the only team that's ever had to win 13 postseason games. And the way they earned that right to have to win 13 postseason games was by being on 116 win pace in the regular season. Yes, it was shorter, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you can't have it both ways. If if only the postseason matters, then only the postseason matters. Uh, if you recognize that the postseason and the regular season are two different things. Uh, the Dodgers won the World Series in 2020, and they won 13 games. Either the D-backs or the Rangers will match that mark. Uh, so that's exciting for their fans. Um, Vince, like I said, he'll have more to say about that. I've got a couple non-World uh, Series, non-MLCS things to talk about, uh, although this one is kind of tied to it. Mad Dog Russo, Chris Russo on MLB Network and SiriusXM and a bunch of other places that for some reason pay him to talk. Uh, he said before game six that if the D-backs won games six and seven in Philadelphia to win the series, he would retire on the spot. Uh, the D-backs did that. And I don't know. I haven't seen it come through yet. Russo announcing his retirement. Uh, it's 10 p.m. Utah time where I am right now, which means it's midnight Eastern time. Um, so we'll see if he sticks to his word. Personally, I think that would be a pretty good thing because he has an annoying voice and he says dumb things. He's pretty bad at his job. Uh, he he has hot takes. And so uh, people who like hot takes like watching him and listening to him. So in that way, he's good at his job. If you like intelligent takes, not so much. Uh, if you like you know anything good uh, in life, you, you don't like Mad Dog Russo. Um, and I know everybody has different tastes. There's probably people listening to me right now who do like Mad Dog Russo and also accurately think I have a bad voice. Uh, but at least my voice isn't like this, you know? And I don't say really stupid things quite as often as he does. So uh, Mad Dog Russo may be retiring. Uh, will Alano Rizzo take over his uh, 
his show all by herself. Who knows? But uh, that's something to keep an eye on, I guess. Another thing to keep an eye on that I'm going to come back in a minute and talk about is the Padres need a new manager because their manager, Bob Melvin, has become, I mean, it's not official yet, but it's basically official that he is becoming the manager of the San Francisco Giants. We talked the other day about the possibility of this happening. We're going to talk a little bit more about the the details of who might uh, who might take over for uh, for Melvin in San Diego. So I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about that. So thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, and please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile, and things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. You need. I have a wife and three kids, and we try to be as prepared as possible, but medicine has always been a concern of mine. There have been times when I've been on vacation out of the country and got an ear infection. I always get ear infections when I go to a tropical resort for some reason. You know, and I've had to go pay, you know, find a doctor in Cancun and and get antibiotics. It's a pain. Well, Jace Medical is a solution. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, and then you get a prescription, life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. I did this a month or so ago when Jace started sponsoring our show. It was quick and painless. Just a few minutes, a follow-up email from a local doctor licensed to prescribe medicine here in Utah, and I was done. I got my case of five standard antibiotics just a couple days later. Now they are in our 72-hour kit so that we'll always have them ready. They send the prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. And not only this, you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using our code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Hey, I'm back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning, uh, especially you everydayers, those of you who are with us every weekday morning. We really appreciate it. Uh, honestly, if if we weren't so committed to being with you every weekday morning, Today might have been an episode we would have skipped because Vince has an 8 a.m. flight uh, Eastern time. I'm sick, and uh, but we are going to do this episode because we love talking Dodgers with you, and obviously not a lot of Dodger-specific talk right now. It's more baseball talk, but that's fun too because we love baseball. The Padres need a new manager. Um, Bob Melvin is taking the job in San Francisco. No surprise, as we talked about the other day, John Heyman had made the point that the the Giants wouldn't interview him unless they were pretty sure they wanted to hire him. Melvin wouldn't accept the interview unless he was pretty sure he wanted to take the job. He's from the Bay Area, so it all makes sense that Bob Melvin is going to San Francisco. He'll be replacing Gabe Kapler. That means somebody will be replacing Bob Melvin in San Diego. Uh, There's an article on The Athletic by uh, a couple athletic writers. I can't remember who. I think Britt Garoli was one and maybe Kevin Acey. No, he doesn't write for The Athletic. Uh, anyway, somebody who writes for athletic about the Padres. Um, and they talked about external candidates that they might interview, uh, including Don Mattingly and uh, Joe Espada, the, the Astros bench coach, a couple other people. They did say it seems pretty likely that the Padres will hire from within, and it will be either Ryan Flaherty or Mike Schilt. 
Ryan Flaherty has never managed in the big leagues. He's only 37 years old. He'd be the youngest manager in baseball. If he gets the job, uh, he just uh, he, he used to be teammates with Manny Machado in Baltimore, just retired a couple of years ago. He's been working in front offices and stuff since then. Mike Schilt, obviously, is the former manager of the Cardinals. He's been with the Padres in kind of a advisory role, but in the dugout lately. Uh, and so one of those two guys is likely to get the job. I'm interested to see which way they go because Schilt Schilt is a classic old school manager. He's a guy, he never played in the big leagues. He coached in the minors for 500 years before he got a shot in the big leagues. And then he got the job managing the Cardinals, did pretty well. uh, But overall, after 2021, uh, when the Dodgers knocked the Cardinals out in the wild card game, the Cardinals moved on from Mike Schilt. And, you know, will the Padres take a chance on him? I don't know. Ryan Flaherty, I don't have any idea what kind of manager he'd be because he's never been a manager. And so he's he's young. You Having worked in front offices, all front offices are statistically inclined these days. So you assume that Flaherty would be more statistically inclined than Schilt. But one kind of important note is that Bob Melvin and A.J. Preller didn't get along in San Diego. And some of that was probably because Melvin is a little bit of an old school manager. Uh, he's very smart and, and not anti-analytics by any means. Um, but he is probably more, excuse me, this cough is getting me. He is probably, uh, more of an old school manager than AJ Preller would have preferred. Uh, even more to the point, he kind of seemed to want AJ Preller to stay out of the dugout, stay out of his business. Let me manage the team. And, uh, you know, will will Melvin get that in San Francisco? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't have any idea how far Hanzaidi is compared to A.J. Preller. My impression is that pretty much everybody is easier to get along with than A.J. Preller, so maybe that'll be a match made in heaven for Melvin. I have a hard time seeing Mike Schilt uh, coexisting well with Preller, but I don't know if that's based on anything other than, you know, that Schilt is older than Flaherty. Um, and, and maybe that's not a good enough reason, but, uh, it will be interesting to see who the Padres go with between those two guys. Uh, obviously there's still a chance they could go with one of the outside people. Um, but everybody seems to think it's going to be one of those two guys. It'll be, you know, the Padres have had a lot of turnover in the managerial department, uh, the last several years, this adds to that. And can Flaherty or Schilt be the one who writes the ship? And, and, you know, it's not like it's been all bad. The, the Padres played in the NLCS just last year. Um, but 2021 and 2023 were both very disappointing for the Padres. And uh, 2021 got Jace Tingler fired. 2023 got the Padres to uh, grant permission for Bob Melvin to go away. So not quite getting fired, but, you know, not not, not getting fired. Um, and, and so whoever comes in, they're going to be expecting, Hey, we have, we spend a lot of money. We have a lot of talent on our roster. We need results. And so can one of those guys bring in the results? I guess we'll see. And it'll be fun to watch. Obviously it impacts the Dodgers because the Dodgers play the Padres 13 times a year. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, really interesting. That's going to do it for me. Vince is going to come along. Like I said, he was at game seven in the NLCS. He'll have kind of the in-person report, other stuff to talk about. Uh, and, yeah, thank you all for being everydayers. Be sure to check out SiriusXM, the SXM app, 
uh, search for Locked On Dodgers. You can listen to this show there. You can listen to all the World Series games on the SXM app or SiriusXM. Check all that out. And uh, that's going to do it for me. So Vince will be along in a minute. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. October baseball is nearly over, but you can still make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 free in bonus bets. All you got to do is put down a $5 bet. What are you waiting for? Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to create your new account. And from there, you can get in on the action from first pitch until final out. Of course, you can bet on outcomes of the games. You can bet on players to do certain things, homers, strikeouts, total bases, combination. You can put together some same-game parlay where you can put together multiple people. If you think Corey Seager is going to homer, and you also think that Corbin Carroll is going to steal a base, and you also think that uh, Zach Gallon's going to strike out six-plus, then you can do all that and put together same-game parlay and, uh, you know, increase your chances for winning that big money. So don't wait. And and you don't also don't have to wait for the whole game. If you want some instant results, you can do their quick bets. What's going to happen in the next at bat? What's going to happen in the next inning? Quick bets is there for you. So head over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn right now. Step up to the plate this postseason with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. Yo, 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 Dodger fans, Vince here to close out the episode, and we're here to talk about Game 7 of the World Series, uh, the World Series uh, of the National League Championship Series, and just kind of the playoffs now in general, uh, like Jeff mentioned, it's a 90-win Ranger team versus an 84-win Um Diamondback team. Now the in the American League, the ninety win factor of the Rangers isn't as big a deal in the sense of the Astros, who won that same division that the Rangers are in, also had ninety wins. So they were just a, a lower lower tier in terms of wins division this year. Um, but the Twins were around this or less than that, or around the same. It, it, you know, the AL was a little bit flipped this year. The new schedule, you know, maybe made a little bit more. You know, the AL East had a bunch of winning teams and – or three winning teams, two of the, the top two in terms of wins. Uh, you know, the AL West had three 90-win teams, but only two of them made the playoffs. And then you had the AL Central, which isn't very good. But on the National League side – the diamond, I mean, like I said, on the, the Rangers are a fifth seed, but they could have easily been a third seed and if they were or a second seed. And if they weren't a second seed, you know, probably don't bat your eyes as much as if they were the fifth seed like they are now. Whereas on the National League side, Diamondbacks, they're an 84 win team, had a negative run differential. They were the sixth seed. Like, it, it's hard to. You know, put together how this run has been for them. Like a lot of people had the Brewers as a potential World Series contender. Uh, where you know Bob Nightingale had them winning the World Series, 
and they take down the Brewers. And then you have the Dodgers. I mean, they're still the 100-win Dodgers despite their flaws. They still, you know, in theory, on paper, were the better team, should have been able to put it down. You know, they lost. And then the Phillies, who were a 90-win team, uh, but since Bryce Harper came back and kind of they were playing their best ball, they were just as good as the Braves were for the most part in the National League East. They took down the the Braves in that in the NLDS, and were, you know, the favorite to win this series, um, especially after coming in hot, winning the first two games, uh, you know, winning by ten runs in that second game, and you know, in all likelihood, all they had to do is win two of the last four games, or two of the last five games, and. Uh, they would have been celebrating and going to a second straight World Series, but that didn't happen. And, you know, for everyone who says playoffs are a crapshoot, like, this is what that means in essence, where, uh, where like, you know, the Diamondbacks have hot, got hot, um, and, you know, now they're they're in the, the World Series. And for the second straight year, a team that was a sixth seed in the National League has made the World Series. So for the second straight year, a team that made the World Series wouldn't have been in the postseason if it was 2021. And, you know, for that sake, it's interesting because, you know, you think about everything that could have happened. You think about the Cubs, you think about the Padres, you think about the Mets. Like, if just one of those teams had won 85 games, which is still not a great season, but had won 85 games, the Diamondbacks wouldn't even have been in the postseason. And now here they are in the World Series. And, you know, it's not a knock on on the Diamondbacks. And I'm not really – I'm not criticizing the format. I do think the format has devalued the regular season. But also – you know, I would allow it to kind of bear out a few more years, get a little bit more of a sample size uh, before I would, you know, completely say, oh, this, this, you know, what's the point of playing 162 games if, you know, it doesn't matter in the end because these six seeds keep making the World Series. And, and that kind of goes to show, like, you know, baseball, the playoffs have become more tournament-like than anything else. You know, similar – the upsets that, that are starting to happen is not quite March Madness level, but in a sense, you know, realistically, men's college basketball, regular season doesn't matter too much other than to make sure you are in the big dance. And, you know, that's what a lot of people say, like, we just need to make it to the big dance. And, you know, there you have a wide variety of teams and, you know, teams that win their conference, but they're you know, still a, a 12 to 16 seed. So realistically, you know, don't have the greatest chance of winning, but, you know, they can win. Um, and then you have teams that are, you know, maybe seventh in their conference that get in as a 11, 12 seed uh, just because their conference is so strong. And then, you know, now they are playing spoiler because, you know, they're not as bad as the seventh best team in one conference isn't as bad as the second best team in another conference, if that's how the matchups play out. But it it does feel more tournament-like. You really have no idea what's going to happen. You know, last year, 
you probably could have predicted the Astros to make it in the American League. Um, you know, that wouldn't have that wasn't a shocker. And this year they were one game away from doing it again. And again, it wouldn't have been a shocker. But you know, the fact that the Rangers did make it is a little bit of a shocker considering that you had the Orioles with 101 wins, you know, who were also flawed, like the Dodgers and more in the starting pitching department. But you know, still to win 101 games, especially when you're in the AL East, is still an accomplishment. The Rays to win 99 games, and you know the Rays have had success in October, varying degrees of success in October. Um, you know, even with the small mark, the, the small payroll, and everything else. But then, you know, the Rangers just have played really well. They've they've gotten starting pitching, and they've gotten timely hitting, and they've had good enough bullpen. You know, they they. Uh, they gave up a game, you know. Altuve hit that homer off a of clerk in in a game that the Rangers probably should have won. You know, maybe this series would have been over in six rather than seven. But you know, they they've done what they needed to do in order to advance and in order to win. And I think it's just you know, as an overall fan of baseball, it's I would say more exciting. You know, I particularly don't care about ratings. And now the matchup that we do have, Rangers D-backs, based on the two-week sample or the, the yeah the, or the 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 month-long sample size we now have, is an intriguing matchup. You have, you know, Eovaldi and Montgomery, and you have Gallon and Kelly, and then you have, you know, the back ends of the bullpen. You know, you have Seawald and Leclerc. Like you have names that you can recognize, and then offensively. You know, you have Corbin Carroll and Gabriel Moreno and, and, you know, Chris Walker hasn't hit, but I'm sure he might hit eventually. And on the other side, you have, you know, Semyon and Semyon hasn't hit, but he will hit eventually, well, you would hope, uh, for the Rangers. And then you have Seager and you have Adolis Garcia. You know, they probably have a little bit more of the star power with Garcia, the way he's kind of broken out this postseason and Seager, who's been there before and, you know, been a World Series MVP before. So, the matchup is intriguing, but the matchup is only intriguing because of what's happened over this last month. If you would have told me when October started or when the postseason started that we're going to get D-backs and Rangers, it's not would have been like, well, that's not a series I want to watch. But now that we've seen it play out over a month, it's a series that's intriguing and it's the series that we have. So it's not like, you know, I would have – honestly, Philly – well, Houston, just making it in general – doesn't intrigue me. They just because they've been there, and it's like, yeah. And then you know, Philly has the stars, but then you get the job done. And you know, just kind of also goes back to the manager stuff. Of, I'm sure there's people out there that would rather have Dusty Baker than Dave Roberts. And guess what? He also lost. Um, you know, I'm sure there's people that would rather have Rob Thompson than Dave Roberts. And guess what? He lost, and it wasn't necessarily anything that he did, per se, maybe then having a little bit too much trust in Craig Kimbrell. But Craig Kimbrell was that guy for most of the year for them in that situation that he did pitch, you know. And the one game, went, when it's a tie game, and he gave up the, the walk-off, you know, that's just you're in a situation where you can't really win no matter what happens. Um, you know, and, and they were down to – you know, not that many arms left. In the next game, I I wouldn't have gone back to Kimbrough even with the two-run lead just because he's not 
stable enough to put trust into. And that was me just watching the postseason. I would assume Craig Kimbrough was like that for the regular season too. But, you know, it, it happens like that. It, it's hard to predict anything here in October for, you know, not just the Dodgers, but baseball in general. And it's definitely hard to do it. But uh, I'll, I'll finish off kind of talking about, like, the in-person experience, you know, Philadelphia playoff game it was fun. I was there for the World Series last year. I was here for, you know, these last two games of the series here. And, and you know, it's, it is an electric stadium. The fans are good. You know, it, it was it was funny for me to see the progression of the fans, though, in this particular game. Like, you know, you can feel the nervous energy before the game. Then once the game starts, you know, it, it's full bore, 100%. Like, you know, they're all in and, and expecting the Phillies to win. You know, the Phillies go down in the first and they, you know, come back and tie it. They end up taking the lead. The lead didn't last very long. The D-backs came back and took the lead and never gave up the lead from there. And then, it, uh, you know, Philly fans just got went from, yeah, Phillies, rah, rah, Phillies, rah, rah, Phillies, rah, rah, Phillies to, man, come on, guys, figure it out, figure it out, figure it out to, oh, this guy sucks, this guy sucks, this guy sucks to full on you know, <laughs> anger at the end. And, and I, I can understand that. You know, I, I've been to various games when the Dodgers have lost the, in the postseason and, and been eliminated. And I understand that feeling. So maybe not quite the same as uh, the Philadelphia fans, but definitely, you know, similar sentiments, just the way it all plays out. But you go, you look at the D-backs team and you know what, like, I know they beat the Dodgers. I know they're a division rival, but I talked about this, you know, the other day of, of they're a, a, a you strip, you know, that part away that if you care that they beat the Dodgers or if you care that they're in the same division as the Dodgers, like they're an easy team to root for. They have, you know, Tommy Pham might be the most polarizing, but that's just, you know, more so because he slapped Jock. If that situation had happened, I don't think people pay too much mind to Tommy Pham in general. Um, and then, you you know, you have the young guys who are performing. You have Corbin Carroll and Gadden Moreno and Alec Thomas who had the big home run off Kimbrough that one game. And then, you know, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly. Like, Merrill Kelly has a cool story. You know, Zach Gallen uh, is a, a interesting guy, and, he you know, he's fun. And you now you got Seawald coming over from the Mariners and, uh, you know, they were chanting Mad Dog in the in the clubhouse after the after the game when they were celebrating, knowing what, you know, what Chris Russo had said. Troy Lavola is a guy who's, you know, been there a few years now and, and you know, has really been through it with this team. And, and, you know, you can tell the guys love playing for him when they were talking to him after the game and they brought, you know, talking to him on the stage after when they were getting their trophies. And, you know, you can tell the guys love playing for him. You have Evan Longoria, who probably had the most fun of anybody in the locker room uh, after the game. You know, uh, who knows? This might be his last year. Maybe, you know, th this might be the way he goes out. And if he went out with the World Series title, like, you know, more, you know, more, more props and love to him. So <clears throat> this last segment was just kind of to say, you know, yeah, the postseason sucks. So for, if, like for us Dodge fans, this year's postseason sucked. Uh, you know, maybe the postseason format is going to be like this. We don't know yet. At least it has been these first two seasons. You know, maybe the Dodgers, you know, will learn from this loss and, and try different ways of attacking. Because if you look at both the Rangers 
and the D-backs. I don't think there's a specific, you know, especially with the D-backs. Like, there's no, they didn't, there's no specific formula. They haven't signed any of those big-name players yet, you know. They have Zach Gallen, who they traded for, Mary Kelly, who they signed, you know, whatever. Seawalt, who they traded for. They don't have these $300 million deals like the the Rangers have. Um, you know, and even their big money deals the last few times were Granky and Madison Bumgarner, and neither of those lasted throughout their entire uh, contract. So it's just, I think, you know, you need two good starting pitchers to start off with. You need, you know, a strong back end of the bullpen, which they have right now, which, you know, Kinkle is looking really good. Seawald has looked really good. And you need guys to actually come through and contribute on the offensive side. And that's what they've had, like, you know, Corbin Carroll came through the first two series, wasn't really doing too much this series, and then boom, in game seven, has three hits, you know, starts stealing bases the last couple games. You know, Tommy Fambo had a hot series against Dodgers, didn't do much, uh, you know, up until a certain point, then homered in game six. You know, there's different guys that needed to come through for them to get to the point that they're at, and, you know, I think that's what we're looking for from the Dodgers in the future, so. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen. Make sure to find us wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Make sure to find us on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Locked on Dodgers. Make sure to become an everydayer by listening every day. Make sure to tell your friends and family. Make sure to subscribe. Make sure to do all those things. Listen to Locked on Dodgers. We'll be here the rest of the way this October, the rest of the way this November, the rest of the way this December, all the way. Until we get spring training, and then once we get training, we're still going to be there. So make sure to check us out and uh, tell people about us if you haven't already done so. Remember, you can get a hold of us uh, on Twitter. Jeff is on at Snydog. I'm at Vincent's91. You can get a hold of us via email, lockdowndodgers at gmail.com, or via voicemail text at 323-863-5625. We're here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us when you get in your car. If you're at home, share my advice play podcast, Lockdown Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.